Some pretty big news went down with the Chiefs sending Alex Smith to Washington. We'll talk about what it means for Washington, what it means for Kirk Cousins, all of that later. We'll have an entire offseason to delve into the quarterback market. Today, we're sticking with the task at hand, and that is the Super Bowl and all that goes with it. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, we are uncomfortably close to each other in a Minneapolis hotel room not right now. Not as close as we've been in podcast history. That is true. Our we knees recorded, are not touching. We recorded a podcast in your apartment in Chicago yes. a couple of months ago. That was as uncomfortable as it gets. This is okay. We are three feet away from each other. Yeah. You have yeah. some great pants on. It's a great color. It's like a plum of sorts. Really nice. I mean, this is, you know, we're about to enter in the off season. And the one thing you always say is you don't want to not give it your all in the last well, you week. You got to leave all the outfits out there on the field you don't wanna, this week. Next Monday, you don't want to say, I wish I would have as far as wearing great pants. And it's true. Uh, and a top. Yeah. And a, and I, uh, a, I wore and some shirt. socks with some bears on them yesterday that people liked. They were, people were big fans of the bear socks. Which I like them too. I They're missed extremely them. Extremely comfortable. They're yellow. I'll show them to you before we leave. Maze, we're getting a lot room. of. We did slow news day yesterday. You made a cameo. You watched from behind the camera and then you came over yeah, yeah. at the end. Getting a lot of comments on uh, your chest hair. Yeah. That was I, left uh, exposed in the great north. So here's the thing is that I flew. We just got a Photoshop of you as Teen Wolf. That's fair. And uh, a couple different things about that. One. I didn't change out of that shirt because I essentially came straight from the plane to to slow news to day. slow news day. So I didn't have a chance to change. And yeah. the top button on that shirt is uh, at large and often is. So that's just where we're at. The shirt is super comfortable. So I liked flying in it. I didn't expect to be on camera with that shirt on. It wasn't a considered choice. So I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm a very, uh, yeah, very masculine gentleman. A lot of testosterone. I, I'm not apologizing. I, I'm not asking you to apologize. Yeah. I'm just pointing out that we're getting some photoshops now. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, you know what? I, a little fun at my expense is something that I can handle this week. I'm too tired to care. Is essentially and that's the overarching are. theme of Super Bowl week. I mean, anybody can say anything about me at this point. Yep, I just it doesn't don't. matter. Yeah, I'm actually I, too tired to even look at it. Usually I get so t- I get tired to the point where I'm agitated and then it makes uh, it worse. Now I'm completely on apathetic. the other side of that. Yeah, I've gone totally into the apathetic. Just because on Monday, I'm going to go into a coma for the next six months. I forget to eat, but I don't forget to drink coffee, which turns me into Charlie in the mailroom. And it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. That's essentially where we all are at this point. Okay. This is one of our two Super Bowl preview shows, Kevin. We're going to save our nuts and bolts preview for the game for Friday show, for Thursday show. I don't know when we record it. It's later in the week. We're going to talk to Danny. Just digging into how we think the game is going to go. Every single one of the matchups, that'll be our big just nuts and bolts look at the football game. This is more about the 40,000 foot view storylines, what we picked up this week so far, not digging into offense, defense, who we think is going to win any of that more just general Super Bowl thoughts. Unfortunately, Danny is not here with us right now. But he will be joining us later, and we're going to have him put together his Outsider's Guide to Super Bowl 52, which should be fun. Before we get to that, though, Kevin, let's get to our top four Super Bowl week storylines. Why don't you start us off? So I think this is a unique Super Bowl in that we have one team that their legacy is defined. Yes. Tom Brady could go out and throw 45 pass attempts on Sunday, and all 45 could be intercepted. And it would do nothing to change his legacy. Bill Belichick, barring another scandal, 
is going to be considered the greatest coach in the history of football. And yet the theme last night, there were there was a news story I saw this morning. Uh, Tom Brady says Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. Well, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm aware of this. Yeah, I don't understand and so how this we... idea that legacy is on the line on Sunday. My my request to you, if you hear someone say that, listener, is to not take that person seriously. Tune out. Like I don't think you should tune out of the Patriots. Period. I no. think that's a mistake. But you should tune out of the legacy talk. The only thing that could play into any legacy whatsoever is if Doug Peterson beats Bill Belichick with Nick Foles, that is the start of Doug Peterson's legacy as a head coach. Yeah, it would have to be in in order. But here's this. Let's walk through this. What would Bill Belichick have to do to take a hit on his legacy? Would he have to bench Brady for Brian Hoyer after like one incomplete pass and yes. then challenge or and then do two dumb challenges and the waste all of his timeouts and the first Peterson drive would have to find some sort of like 80s style recording device from the Americans on right. his person. Right. And then everyone that coached against Belichick over the last 20 years would have to look through their old clothes and somehow find one on that. That's yeah. really the only thing that could possibly give this a hit whatsoever. Yeah, that would there'd be some combination of that. He would also yeah, have some to, Watergate he would also, scandal. It would have to be a combination of a massive scandal and an Andy Reid style timeout wasting. Yeah, because too many people are just amoral NFL fans and yeah, wouldn't care, care about the cheating. They just they care about care. bad time management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. bad challenges. So I would agree with you. And it just seems what about like the John Fox style. I just challenged. And now the other team got the ball because of my challenge. See, that's not a one-time thing with John Fox. John Fox <laughs> is literally the worst challenger of all time. One of those does not your challenge reputation make. Ten of those, that's how you get to be where John Fox is. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess in that way, this is kind of a weird Super Bowl for storylines because you have that on one side, and then you have Nick Foles, who, I mean, his ceiling as a legacy is Jeff Hostetler? I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, he can go in the Trent Dilfer, uh, Brad Johnson wing of the of the quarterback who won the Super yeah. Bowl, I guess. I mean, Carson Wentz is going to be the starter in September of 2018. Yes. Um, if they win, it's a nice story. It's because Howie Roseman put together an incredible roster and that, that Doug Peterson did a nice job coaching and that Jim Schwartz is a good defensive coordinator, all of which we knew. Um, I think if anyone, if anyone has an actual legitimate legacy at stake this Sunday, who can make their legacy, who do you think I'm going to say? Josh McDaniels, no, Howie Roseman. That's pro- that's fair, I guess. Because say it would McDaniels be Howie's like, Super Bowl. Yes, that he is- lost a power struggle to Chip Kelly. Chip got rid. To- Chip took the bold move of cutting all the good guys or trading them, <laughs> which didn't. Exactly work out. Jason Bateman next to Gary Cole. Howie comes back, realizes where the NFL is going, manages the salary cap as well as anybody in the NFL. Maybe aside from Bill Belichick, who's been doing great stuff with the salary cap for 18 years now. Bill Belichick is Brady on 15 million. Yeah. But yeah, we, can, uh, yeah, yeah. we've, we've discussed this yeah. many times. Uh, figures out that trading for players and getting those favorable contracts like Timmy Jernigan, for instance, uh, great idea. And I think that he he is one of these guys who figured out where the modern NFL was and went there. And so if I, I look at it, if the Eagles win on Sunday is is this is how he's team and this is how he's Super Bowl. Did you see any of the quotes from last night when people were asking him questions? I didn't. I, I, like the, a lot of the Philly media, I think, was just trying to understand about Chip Kelly. They, I think they were asking him if he felt vindicated. That was uh, the yeah. question. And I think that how he's never going to answer that question. 
He's never, there's never going to be like an honest, straightforward. Yes. Like fuck chip Kelly. Like that's not going to happen. But he did say, and, and, in in kind of a, you know, a sad tone. It's like, it's been a difficult couple of years like that. I think, and that's understandable. And I think that that's kind of where it is. It, it was, it was a crazy, what happened to him and what happened with that front office and how fast everything changed and how thoroughly everything changed is pretty remarkable. They chip Kelly. If you don't remember, one of the things he did was the analytics department, which has now been not only restored, but it's thriving in Philadelphia. He moved them to like the marketing department. He's like, you're not in football anymore. He moved them. He moved everyone that way. Well, no, he moved specifically the football analytics guys were then were converted sure. into marketing employees. Yeah. I mean, Almost it's, it's, as like a, you, you have no use to me. Yep. And, and, um, and it's, I mean, yeah, they exactly. didn't make Howie like, you know, VP of ticket sales or whatever. Sure. But they moved him to that side of the building. Oh no, of course they did. Of yes. course they did. And also crucially, they had a team president who did all of the things they said Howie was going to do. So Howie did nothing. Uh, it, it's a crazy situation. And the fact that they kept him on is all, this is now a Howie Roseman conversation, but the fact that they kept him on at all is how, all you need to know about how much Jeffrey Luria likes Howie Roseman. He got a raise and an extension. Yes. I mean, it's just that that he wasn't fired. It speaks to why he's still in charge of that football team now. But I agree. I mean, I think that's the legacy. And then then the other, you have Foles. I mean, I think there's, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I do think that there is a lack of storylines. Sure. I mean, I think that the the one thing I I think we need to focus on is that because Brady and Belichick exist and because they've existed for 18 years, we don't realize how different this portion of the dynasty is from the beginning and certainly the middle of the Patriots run. This is a completely different team. Chase Stewart, who does a great job. He wrote an article earlier this week that I'm fascinated with about the Patriots core four. And essentially the point he was making is that there aren't a lot of guys who have contributed heavily to this, this mini run. Sure. So there are four guys are Tom Brady, obviously. Nate Solder, Devin McCourty, and Patrick Chung. And then Edelman and Gronk are in yeah, that conversation, but they, they, they haven't, they, they, yeah, right. They, yes. they haven't been as, as healthy. When you High think tower, about, same deal, not when, healthy. when you think about all of the sort of stalwarts of the original dynasty, I yes. mean, how many, how, how deep they were, how many guys you can just name off the top of your head. I was oh, talking about the other day, Kevin Falk played there for 17 years. Like something like that. It was ridiculous. I think I mean, he's, I think that he's secretly still on the team. I, I, there's a chance that he's actually under contract and we just don't know it. Do you I think talked to him today for a story, and it sounded like he was still in those meetings. He's, he's just James White. Yeah, he that, just rebranded. He's like a wrestler. He just rebranded as James White. <laughs> Grew some hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a really the only difference. Um, They're no, the same player, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's just fascinating, man. I mean, you did in August. You ranked the top ten most important people yep. in the Patriots dynasty. And when you think about the early, early days of that dynasty, there are a lot of candidates. Guys like Troy Brown. You don't even think about a hundred percent. And I think the guys that are part of this new group that you could put in that conversation are Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels. Yeah. And I think that is another one of the big storylines. That's the second storyline I want to talk about last night. And we've been, we've doing this a lot, a lot, you know, we've been doing this for years. You go to media night and there's a lot of people around certain people, a lot of reporters around certain personalities. Sure. The groups around Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels last night were robust in large part because one, they've been established personalities in this franchise for a long time. And two, they're going to be head coaches. They're leaving. There's a lot of Indianapolis media trying to talk to Josh McDaniels that wouldn't have been doing it last year. And that's fascinating. The fact that this is the year both of those guys decided to leave after they could have for how long? 
How many years? How many years ago do you think Matt Patricia could have gotten a head coaching job? Two. Patricia, yeah, two. McDaniel's could have left whenever he wanted. Whenever. And the fact that this is the year they're going, it really says something just about the longevity of what this could be. Because as much as you want to say, all right, Brian Flores will be the defensive coordinator next year, and I don't know who do you think they'll let call plays. That's a great question. Um, who's going to be the offensive coordinator next year? I don't know. I don't know if they've like said so, the same thing. But Flores is probably going to be the defensive coordinator. I don't even know who the candidates are. I mean, remember when Bill Belichick was the offensive coordinator? Yes, and when he was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I know. I was watching. Well, the- no, but crucially, he was a defensive coordinator in the National Football That's League true. and a successful one. Fair. And then he just decided, oh, by the way, I'm also the offensive coordinator. And it's so funny because I think that that you know the idea that he was the coordinator. I think kind of the easy explanation for that. When people look at Belichick, like, oh, his ego is so huge that no. he's not going to let anyone else do it. No, he just didn't feel as if anyone else in that moment was ready to do it. He was the best option. Yes. And then that, when Patricia showed him he could do it, then he was the defensive coordinator. Would it's Bill amazing. Belichick be the best at his job at every position coach or head coach job in the league? Is he the right person for every job in the NFL? I think there are guys who could be better offensive coordinators. But okay. not by much. We, what if we gave him two years to study offense? The hard thing is I've never seen Belichick call. How long did Belichick call? He didn't never call off of the plays, did he? Well, he's a, I, they didn't have a coordinator the year after McDaniels left, right? So I don't know who called plays that year. That's just like a weird no, guy. It was, 17 uh, years of, of Patriots football. It's hard to kind of pin down each year in the specific. I, know, I think Bill O'Brien did when he was the quarterback. So coach. that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So I would say like I'd still rather have like Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Yes. Then then Bill Belichick. That's the only position though. Do you know where I think he'd be the best? Special teams. Oh, I mean, like that's that's not even a debate. He would be the furthest away. Like the the gap between him and Dave Tobe, who would then be the second best, the second best special teams coordinator, would be bigger than the gap between him and any other type of coach. So yesterday I was talking, I did a story uh, on the ringer.com that ran today about why the Patriots are able to come back late in games. And the reason essentially is that they have a conditioning regimen that is different from every other team. And it's extremely game specific and they basically get you in condition and get you in shape to do extremely specific things. And the, the example that Joe Cardona, the the long snapper gave, Mm -hmm. I almost thought he was making it up. It was so ridiculous. It was that the, one of their workout drills is the special teams guys, the punt coverage guys, because that can be long sprints. Yeah. So you do, as long you, as you, you run simulate the punt, you simulate the punt, you sprint down the field as fast as you can, as you would, but there's a penalty and you walk all the way back and you walk back five more yards. Cause there's a penalty obviously. And then you do the entire sprint again, but not two penalties in a row. Cause that's just ridiculous. I mean, I, 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 I think there've been situations where you just, Keep keep tacking it on. Very undisciplined situation, right? And when you think about that, I know that sometimes I write these stories and I get these sort of snarky responses. Like, yeah, I'm sure no one else runs in the NFL, jackass. You, yeah, and seriously, like, don't, don't don't overestimate the NFL. Understand how stupid some people are yes. in the NFL. There are coaches who never give a thought to things like special teams or situational football. Head coaches in the NFL. And Bill Belichick is thinking about special teams in the same way that like, you know, I, I don't, no one thinks about anything in the same way. Do you see McDaniels and Patricia leaving as kind of a footnote on, or on, on kind of a bookend on something? Or do you think that, that like, it's going to march on for the next two years? I don't think so. I, mean, I think I, it's a real thing. Here's my question. 
if Garoppolo is here, does McDaniel stay? That's a great question. I think he might. Because you're looking at, we now know that when Brady, and it may not be for three years, but when Brady has that sharp decline that we've seen in a lot of older quarterbacks, when that happens, there's no what next. There is just, what you know, they, they, they don't have a clear-cut answer. They had that with Garoppolo. And I think if you're a, a guy who's in that building, you start to think about that and think about how it could get real bad real quick. Understandable. And I also think that it's two things. One, it's that. It's the what happens with Brady and Belichick. And if Brady declines, does Belichick stay or does Belichick go? Because think if you're McDaniels, you'll take into account how long you think Belichick is going to be the head coach because he wants to be the head coach. And the other part of it is, is the are the conditions when Belichick leaves still good enough yeah. that you want to work there? And I think that with Kraft owning the team and with everything you've heard about how he just kind of gets out of the way and lets the football people run the football team, this would be a good place to be even if you had to find a quarterback. Yeah. But Indianapolis sounds relatively similar even if Ersay is yeah, a quirky guy know, and you have Andrew Luck. That was interesting because someone reported that Bill Polian was called in all of this and that Polian's advice to McDaniels was Ursay and and these are my words. Ursay seems like the kind of guy who'd interfere and stuff and just be doesn't. a horrible boss. He doesn't. Yeah. He gets the hell out of the way. And that's why there's been a lot of success. Maybe he should have gotten involved when they were starting Curtis Painter at one point. Um, but I mean, oh, it's a great gen- era in Indianapolis football history. Generally, Ursay is a better football guy owner than we give him credit for. So we've spent outside of the Howie Roseman conversation, most of this podcast talking about the Patriots. And I think that the way this game has been framed and even with the way the Lions started, the Patriots were kind of overwhelming favorites, both in our consciousness and on the football field. I wrote after the Eagles game that I did not think that was fair because if you look back at what the Eagles were with Carson Wentz, that was the best team in the league. And if Nick Foles is going to play like Carson Wentz, then aren't the Eagles the best team in the league? So the third storyline I want to talk about, do you feel like this Pats, this Patriots as overwhelming favorites kind of idea is one true and two, if it is, to what degree? So Rodney Harrison was was here a few minutes ago. Not with us in this room, to be clear, but he was in Minneapolis and you were talking to him. Why break the fourth wall like that? Why why can't the listener just think that he was just on the bed here while we were on just the couch? In my Marriott and yeah, yeah. In, in the hotel room bed. Yeah, that's and we're fine. Just, we're just, just talking talking pigskin. Yeah, that's what we do and, over here. On the that's first how floor. it works at the Super Bowl, guys. You just have ex players come into your hotel rooms and chat with you at reasonable hours of the day when other people are present. Let's yeah. be clear. <laughs> okay. Um so Harrison said he was watching the AFC championship game and he was watching the guys on the Patriots defense. And he was saying, I can't believe this team was in the AFC championship game. They made the AFC championship game. They lacked team speed. They lacked individual talent. They were a little raw. And again, I said it 10 minutes ago, Brady and Belichick mask all. Yes. And that's certainly the perception is that there's some juggernaut because they still have Brady and Belichick. This was the absolute worst defense in the NFL for the first six weeks of the season, something like that. It took them a while. They were, I think, first in scoring defense in the second half of the season. So obviously they rebounded. But the adjustments they had to make, the coaching changes they had to make, um, it's really impressive. But it also, I mean, roster talent-wise, the Patriots should not not be... not even a conversation. The the Patriots should not be an overwhelming favorite. And it's ridiculous. 
I think the Patriots are going to win this game. We're going to, we're going to get to that later in the week, but this idea that the, you know, I know they wore the underdog masks and all that, but over, I guess it get, comes down to how much do you value a quarterback versus the rest of the roster, which is something we've been talking about for the entire playoffs. That's exactly the conversation. We'll get to that in a second, but I, you talk about the team speed, and I, I wrote about this on Monday, and I think that I'll kind of come back to it in different things that I write in a few different areas, is that the degree of athleticism advantage that the Eagles offensive line has over the Patriots defensive players is totally insane. Yep. Kyle Van Noy, who is a linebacker for the Patriots, an inside linebacker, ran the same 40 at the combine as Lane Johnson, who is the right tackle for the Eagles. Hmm. That's not ideal, Robert. That's not great. And the Eagles, it's not just that those guys are athletic. It's that they use their athleticism schematically in sure. tons of what they do. Sure. So if you just look at that kind of advantage, that spreads to a whole another, like a bunch of areas in this team. The Eagles defensive line is much better than the Patriots offensive line, especially when you consider there's a third string, right? Second or third string right tackle that's going to play in this game. It, there are very few places where if you were just checking the boxes in units like positional units that the Patriots would have the edge over the The Patriots offensive line walked by while we were filming slow news day and Roger Sherman heard them complaining about the lack of real restaurants in the mall of America. Yeah, that's a fair criticism though. There aren't that many of them. There's a Panera. Yeah. There's there, I mean, there's like a hundred restaurants. Like there's, there's, there's a Bubba Gump. There are places there's a Margaritaville. Yes. I think if you had to choose, you would go Panera. If you just want to get something vaguely healthy and filling in. There's good. a good restaurant in their hotel at the JW Marriott that I ate at last time. Blowing up their spot. Now people are going to show up to their hotel. I think everyone knows that they're staying there. There's a huge photo of Devin McCourty on that. But that yeah. that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, not, nothing at I all. I have a whole huge picture of Devin McCourty on my house. Does not mean the Patriots are living I there? I have a huge picture of Nick Foles in my room. <laughs> it's not a fat head. It's something it like, I created. When you enter into the, the media center at the Mall of America, the photos are of Matthew Slater, Devin McCourty, Zach Ertz, and then one other eagle. It's like Patrick Robinson or something. It's like, who is in charge Jesus. of picking? Matthew Slater. Matthew Slater is like, I understand that he's like a lifelong Patriot. He's been there for a long time, but that's hilarious. He's a captain. El Capitan. All right. Let's get to storyline number four, which I think there's really no other way to go with this. Nick Foles. Mm. You said something about Nick Foles today as we were walking by. This can't be proven. The television uh, in the media center. This and is this is anonymous, Nick Foles. Anonymously sourced. Nick Foles in a beanie and glasses. And I think you said that does not look like a starting quarterback at the Super Bowl. Look, I'm not going to go back in the past and say what I said about Nick Foles. But, uh, we've moved on. We've moved we're, on. We're, we're, on, this, we're on to the Thursday podcast. I, I will say there's an element of truth to my thoughts about Nick Foles not looking like a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. But again, we get, we go back to this. He is the fourth quarterback in history of a championship game to have over 300 yards with no turnovers. And the others are, I think, Brady Manning and Matt Ryan. So you do that and you're pretty good. But I think this comes down to, you know, Belichick's whole thing is taking away what the offense is best at. And my question with Foles is, first of all, in your opinion, what is Belichick going to take away? The run. The run, right? I think they're going to use a lot of even fronts. Yeah. I mean, this is, we're not, we'll dig into some more of this later, but I think they use some even fronts in order to pre- prevent Kelsey from pulling yeah. and really try to crowd the line of scrimmage of a lot of bodies around there that limits the Eagles mobility, stop the run first and kind of dare Foles to beat them. Exactly. And 
when that happens. And I'm not, I'm not even sure of what the hell happened in the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. I'm ready to sort of throw that game out in a way because I have. It was so uncharacteristic of the Vikings. Sometimes when you get rolled, you get rolled. You panic. I mean, I the, mean Vikings, just the Vikings have gotten rolled in championship games. Things like go that downhill. Before. I mean, you just you start to you get shell. I mean, at a certain point, you just get shell shocked when the team destroys you like that. And the Eagles have that. The Eagles have that gear yeah. where they can reach it. It's all dependent on Foles because we saw that gear for 90% of the season. Right. So this game, we talked about it. The roster talent, much more even than anybody thinks. This comes down to Nick Foles' ability to make four or five huge throws. Yeah. And when, you, when they're daring him to do so. And three weeks ago, you would have laughed at that idea. You would have laughed at the fact that we think a team that requires that outcome could win this game. And then you saw him burn down the best defense in the league two weeks ago. I mean, it's incredible how quickly that has changed in my mind, at least. I it's this is, are are you excited about this game? Yes. If this game were in week 11, would you be excited about it? I think the Eagles have the best roster in the NFL. I agree. I I agree. 21 other players on the Eagles are the best roster in the NFL. Here's, here's why. I'm excited. I'm generally excited for this game. Here's the one thing it's missing from a football nerd standpoint for you and I. The Eagles lack a true offensive superstar. That's correct. Well, that, they that, lack a true skill position superstar. Right. Exactly. Let's not get into May's superstars here. Lane Johnson is a oh, monster. Okay, Jason Kelsey okay. is the best That's center That's all in the, the time we have today. All right. No. So, um, and I, I love going back to the Rams and the ability to take away, you know, the, the best pass catching running back in history up to that point. Um, and, and that game plan, which was just incredible. Belichick has shown the way on how to stop superstars. And the one thing this game is missing is a, how is he going to stop this guy kind of moment? That's fair. But last year they didn't stop Julio Jones. I mean, like there have been super, super no, but, I, but it was, but it was it. intriguing to see him try is yes. what I'm saying. And he failed. I mean, yeah. it's, there are games where that happens. And I think that I we, did, it's not about it's not about him stopping him. It's about him trying to stop. And him. Honestly, I, I, you say that. And I think that your point is well taken. But I also think the fact that the Eagles don't is almost a strength. Oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I mean, the 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 what they're going to dare him, what they're going to dare Foles to do is something he did nine days ago. You could look at the Eagles pass catchers and say there isn't a secondary option. The wide receivers and say there isn't a secondary option outside of Alshon Jeffrey. The second best pass catcher on the Eagles is probably Alshon Jeffrey. The first is Zach Ertz. So, I mean, I think that's why their just collection of players on that side of the ball is really interesting. But if you I think the Eagles are best served by spreading out the Patriots and trying to run the ball that way. And the problem is, if you do that. It's hard to respect them throwing the ball because who's the second receiver you want to take away? It's probably Torrey Smith, who you're not super worried about. When the Eagles have to put more wide receivers on the field, that's a bad thing for them. See Julie Ertz at media night last night? She was there? Yeah, she was a media member. She was doing interviews in an Eagles sweatshirt. There's a lot of people at media night. It's it's kind of a circus. J.B. Smoove was there. J.B. Smoove was there. And I want to make this clear. I made a joke last night on Twitter about him walking up to Darren Sproles as I was about to talk to Darren Sproles. I was not the least bit upset about this. I thought it was very funny. I mean, it wasn't like, how dare you get in the way of my work, JB Smoove? It was, that's really funny that like, 
if I had to pick a player that would be funniest for him to want to talk to while I was about to, it would probably be Darren Sproles. And the fact that it was J.B. Smooth was very entertaining. I liked it. You got owned by J.B. Smooth. That's exactly what happened. And that's okay with me. Is anybody else there? I don't even really know. I'm such no. a blur. D'Angelo Williams was doing stuff for Nickelodeon. And just, it was, that was kind of strange. Um, Osio Manuora was there to do English. He, he's a pundit in England. I did not know that. I did not see him there. Whenever I'm in England, I sometimes throw on Sky Sports looking for soccer coverage, and I end up with OC talking about the Niners. <laughs> All right, coming up, Danny is not with us in Minnesota, very sadly. So he's going to call and offer some help with his Outsider's Guide to Super Bowl 52. We'll be talking celebrity sightings, which players we'd like to have a beer with, a ton more stuff. It's the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Kevin, it's Super Bowl week, which for a lot of people means traveling and staying in hotels for the big game. Yeah, it must be tough because you basically have less than two weeks to plan your trip after the championship game. Yeah, that's tough. I can't imagine if you weren't just coming here for months because this was your job. It would be kind of unenviable. And that is why Hotel Tonight is so cool. They partner with the best hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing last minute deals. It takes like 10 seconds and just three taps and a swipe and you're booked. Plus, you can book up to 100 days in advance if you do know you want to come to a top destination like this and up to a week in advance anywhere else. You can book next week tonight or you can book next month tonight or book Valentine's Day tonight. Have you made your Valentine's Day plans, Robert Mays? No, I have not. Have you? Yeah, we're going to Palm Springs. What a perfect post-Super Bowl trip is Palm Springs. Very just relaxing. I love it. Just got a good job by you. You're so good at the off-season travel. I'm very jealous. Anyway, Hotel Tonight is great for last-minute getaways or a quick staycation, whether you're a planner or you like to leave things to the last minute. And with Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better deals get. I, I think I'm going to use Hotel Tonight to book a trip right after the Super Bowl. You sold me. This is the better move. I wasn't trying to convince hey, you. you got anything. me though, buddy. Start scoring amazing deals on incredible hotels like I'm about to and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Time to welcome in our good friend, Danny Kelly. Danny, I'm missing you this week, buddy. I know. I'm sad that you're not here. How's it going out there? Is it? Uh, I hear it's cold. Yeah, it's pretty chilly. I'm rocking like gloves and a scarf every day. Kevin had Kevin's had to go from the light jacket to the heavy jacket. It's not a good look for him. I have no doubt that he has many jackets that are it's a great for look. this occasion, though. So. Uh, he's got plenty of jackets. He's got plenty of light jackets, plenty of heavy jackets. He's ready. I mean, <laughs> and no one is more ready for this moment than Kevin. And as far as outerwear goes, it's a jacket Super Bowl. Yeah, we don't we don't get that many of those. Uh, we've had to go outside because in order to transport from our hotel to the Mall of America, which frustratingly you can see you can see the mall of america from our hotel and you can see our hotel from the mall of america but it's Uh too cold to walk so but we are outside (laughs) in that kind of transport time uh yeah all right so we understand you're putting together an outsider's guide to this super bowl danny and i just want to dig right into it so what is your first question that you would want to ask as the outsider here all right yeah so i'm holding it down over here on the west coast but if I was there. I was going to ask you guys, and I was going to answer my own questions. Which player or coach would you most want to have a beer with? And my answer is Chris Long, Eagles defensive lineman. I just think he seems like a real cool guy. Just the way he ethers people on Twitter is hilarious. So that kind of makes me think he'd be pretty hilarious in, in a in a you know in a bar beer setting. 
Uh, plus, he seems like a good guy with all the uh, charity work that he's doing and everything. So that was my vote. I want to hear what you guys had to say about that, though. Uh, that's a great option. I, I think that that would probably be one of my first three or four that I would throw out there. I, as someone who's talked with Chris Long several times in my life, I, I 100% agree. And <laughs> even beyond the stuff he does on this year, Chris Long is a charity where he builds water wells in Africa. He's built like 25 yep. full service water wells. I mean, I mean, the guy does incredible work. And again, some people are quiet and also very, you know, philanthropal, philanthropal, philanthropic, philanthropic. There are some soft-spoken philanthropists. Chris Long is a guy who <laughs> is both charismatic and does a lot of really good charity work. So that's very fair, Danny. Uh, my guy is Lane Johnson, just because I saw him drinking a Coors Light while talking about the Eagles game or while talking about the Vikings game. And he dug into a lot of like nerdy offensive line stuff. So talking about nerdy offensive line stuff while Lane Johnson was drinking Coors Light is something I've already done. And I would do again. I just wish I had had a beer in that situation. Is he the guy that had the little uh, like the circle, like, uh, you know, sunglasses or whatever on at the pro or at the that is at also a part of this because lane johnson just seems like he does not give a fuck right now and will say pretty much anything he wants and i'm very <laughs> into that my guy is someone uh who i've spent time with as well it's malcolm jenkins who i think is probably the most thoughtful guy in the nfl we did a podcast over the summer and it was one of the most fun podcasts no, no disrespect to robert mays my permanent hey, co-host I, I like but, malcolm jenkins um, more than me too me hosting a <laughs> podcast with, robert, uh, with uh with malcolm jenkins is quite fun um he's thoughtful but also just a cool dude um i, I really would like love malcolm to jenkins have a, a beer with him anytime i talked to him last week while i was in uh, the week before the NFC championship game i had a discussion with him for a story i'm working on and I went back and transcribed it a couple of days ago. And it's like, God, this guy is just great. He's just like very smart and very considered and like honest, you know, it, everything you'd kind of want in having that conversation. All right. Next up, Danny, the question you would have asked Doug Peterson or Bill Belichick, if you'd been here uh, for Peterson. And this kind of just goes with all coaches that wear visors. Just explain to me the benefit of having a hat where the hat, the top of the hat is cut off. Like what, why are you wearing? What, what is the benefit of wearing a visor? I, I just have never got that. And I don't know why it's a coach thing too. Like what, what is, is there a rule that they have to wear that visor? I think you, number one, you're not, you, no, you're never getting a real answer at Super Bowl media day. So, so I want to dig into like the sartorial aspect of things. Why do you wear a visor? It was too funny. There were two visor moments for me yesterday. One was when you ever, whenever you see Doug Peterson without his, it's hilarious because he has some <laughs> extremely funny hair. And I feel like that might be why he doesn't wear one is because yeah. Doug Peterson very strangely likes his hair. And I don't, it's very strange hair. Voluminous. But apparently Voluminous. he wants to show it off. The other part of this is I saw Josh McDaniels without his visor yesterday. Did not recognize him. It was like, I was like, is that Josh McDaniels? Swear to God, what's he got under there? It took me like ten minutes to be like, "Is that is that Josh McDaniels?" When they were standing on the stage, I did not recognize him without the visor, which is very funny. I, I, I'm not good at this. Anytime I have to find people that don't have a helmet or a jersey number on, it, it's not a strength of mine. All right, what do you have for Belichick, Danny? Well, again, I, you're not going to get a good answer from anybody. Uh, and like, if you want to ask Belichick like something about a special teams coverage or something, then, then he'll give you like a hundred, you know, 200, 300 word answer. Well, that's his favorite thing. Yes. I want to know what Belichick watches on Netflix. Do you think Belichick's ever seen a television show? Do you think, <laughs> does he even, 
he probably doesn't even know what Netflix is. Like, do you think he would do the that, thing where it'd be like yeah. the, the Netflix? There's a channel on cable called the American Heroes Channel that is just literally old war documentaries. Yep. And every time I go past it, I think the only person who watches it is Bill Belichick <laughs> and maybe my dad. I was yeah, going to say was, that. I've always thought of your dad as a Belichickian figure, as I've heard more about him. He's the exact opposite, but they're both really into World War II. How many times do you think Bill Belichick has watched the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary? It's 17 hours long. <laughs> well, it can, didn't it come out over the summer? No, it might have come out during the season. Yeah. Okay. Whatever the case is, he hasn't, he doesn't have time to watch it during the season. How many times will he watch it from February 5th through March 3rd? It's all he's going to do besides <laughs> go on his boat. Is that a problem? He'll probably watch it yeah, on his yeah, boat. He'll obviously. have some access to it on his boat. Obviously. The, the idea that, Bill Belichick will hear songs originally created by Trent Reznor and like got songs from ghosts just makes me happy. I really like Belichick listening to Trent Reznor. All right, Danny, thinking about the game being in Minnesota, got us thinking about Prince and some other Minnesota based artists a little bit. It's a great rock town. Walk by first Avenue. You see all the people that played there. I mean, it's just an amazing place for music overall. So your best Minnesota based artists and a song of theirs that describes this Super Bowl. Go. Okay, so the describes the Super Bowl. I'm going with Semisonic closing time. I did. I just found out that <laughs> Semisonic was actually a Minnesota uh, band or whatever. I really don't want to know what half-assed internet-based research, to borrow a line from the rewatchables, you did to find out that Semisonic was from Minnesota. I think I googled Minnesota bands. Hold on. <laughs> no, that, that's not that's it. the most adorable thing Minnesota's that's ever happened. Day. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's fantastic. Kevin, do you have an answer for this? Oh, I have no answer for the uh, song part of it. I just want to say that there's an amazing Minneapolis punk scene with bands like the Dillinger Four and Banner Pilot and Off With Their Heads, and they're all incredible bands everyone should listen to if they like punk. don't. If you don't like punk, don't don't bother. Uh, I'm going with, I just am a huge, I love The Replacements. I have loved The Replacements for several years now after kind of discovering them very late. Um, I'll never forget being in Los Angeles. We were at Jay's Bar in Silver Lake. And there were a lot of us out that day from Grant London. And we were, there was a really good jukebox there at the time. And we were just talking about bands and whatever. And I just read our band could be your life by Michael Azarod. And I kind of just asked offhand, like, have any of you guys ever listened to the replacements and Michael or Alex Papadimus, Chris Ryan and Sean Fennessy just at once, like turned to me in a comical way. And the looks on their faces was like, partly, Oh my God, I can't believe we get to teach, teach this to you. And partly you're an embarrassing human being. And I've really loved the replacements ever since. And being in Minneapolis is fun. I go to bars that they used to go to. And I think the song here comes the regular is about Tom Brady. I mean, it's just like, that's all we have here is like the regular personalities that are often involved in this game. It's actually about drinking too much at a bar and being an alcoholic. But in this case, it it's about Tom Brady. All right, Danny <laughs> player, least likely to be stopped for an autograph. From both of these teams go. I like this one. I went with Jake Elliott, and that was based on, I think it was an Instagram story that The Ringer put out or, or Instagram post yesterday where 
it was uh, Gallagher was standing next to him and like he just looked like Gallagher's assistant audio guy or something like that. It was yeah. It was just perfect. to be clear, we mean Jason Gallagher, the slow Newsday producer, not Gallagher who sw- uh, smashed the wall. <laughs> because not Gallagher that- would be much more famous than Jake Elliott. <laughs> so what happened was that uh, Gallagher and Jake Elliott were standing next to each other, and Jake Elliott confided to Gallagher that he was trying to pretend to be a normal person so he wouldn't be asked any questions and uh there was a photo taken it's it's on the ringer's instagram page i believe and uh we can confirm that jake elliott can pull off not a football player i'm going with the other half of the eagles special teams duo donnie jones just looks like a bald guy that just like is an assistant (laughs) equipment manager there's no way i ever would have known it was donnie jones if he didn't have his number on his shirt like zero (laughs) percent chance that's perfect who's your go-to here oh uh nick Foles. um (laughs) no one i if you know it the thing is is that nick Foles has like a jake elliott thing going on where he shows up to these press conferences and just doesn't dress like an nfl player no he was wearing a beanie today very low very low beanie and glasses we we, yeah we mentioned this it does not look like he's the quarterback it really does not Hey, look, Tom Brady looks like a goober, though. That glove is just ridiculous. <laughs> What's going on with his hair? Brady? Foles yeah. looks, he was wearing a beanie both days. No, no, but when he arrived off the plane, he has like these weird, very short bangs and like his hair is flipped up in the back. I'm not really clear on what Brady's got going on right now with the hair. All right, Danny. Finally, <laughs> let's finish off with this. Which celebrity sighting would you be most looking forward to if you were here? I think there's really only one answer to this because this person is the best celebrity in the world. And that's the rock. I'm okay with that. I think he's the kind of guy who you meet him. And within like 10 seconds, you just want to run through a wall. I think the rock and I would get along. I really do. I who doesn't both, get along with the rock? I mean, I think we really would. I think we both have a level of earnestness that almost by who's he feuding with from fast and furious. Is it Tyrese? Tyrese yeah. yeah. The, Tyrese is the only person on earth who does not like the rock. <laughs> Kevin, who is your celebrity that you'd most like to see this? Week? I want to see a healthy Carson Wentz play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> uh, he was, as well, I was leaving the media night last night, he was limping past me and it just made me sad. It's just so sad. I don't know. I mean, the guy's going to be fine. The Eagle's going to be just fine. It would have been nice to see him. I still think they can win. And we will get into that later this week when we do our full preview for the game. Danny, you will join us for that. Please catch that on Thursday. For now, thank you for listening to the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. I want to remind everyone quickly about Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight helps you book amazing deals at great hotels. And even though the name's Hotel Tonight, you can actually book up to 100 days in advance on top destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else. They work with cool, top-rated hotels and don't feature those long, endless lists of options you have to scroll through. Instead, they show you a select list of the best deals at the best hotels any given time. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels Download the Hotel Tonight app now.